You're listening to Integrating Sacred Wisdom Podcast. I call on the guardian of the East, Raphael, element of air, come and be welcomed. Call upon the guardian of the South, Michael, element of fire, come and be welcomed. I call on the guardian of the West, Gabriel, element of water, come and be welcomed. I call on the guardian of the North, Uriel, element of earth, come and be welcome. And we are your hosts. I'm Kelly Hauk, founder of Sacred Arts Sanctuary in West Sedona and also Heart Space Retreats. And I am Priscilla Hadway, founder of Sacred Remembering Sound Healing in Sedona, Arizona, and ascensionprovisions.com. I'm Matthew David Cummings with Above So Curio and Purify by Fire. And I'm Anna Marstanovich with Heart Space Retreats in Sedona and also High Desert Healing Massage and Bodywork. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our next episode. Today, we'll be talking about finding your purpose. Why, as humans, are we so consumed with the idea of having purpose in life? I honestly think it has a lot to do with meaning making. I think for us as humans, we have to put meaning into things that we do to be able to understand why. And I think it's also how we make conscious decisions. Yeah, I think it's human nature. I think it's hard not to live a meaningful life without searching for your purpose or your passion. Like if you think about early humans, pre-humans even, um, you know, they were just cavemen, right? Did they have a purpose? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe their purpose was just survival. Uh, but at some point in our evolution, I feel like we leveled up to the point where just existing wasn't enough. Simply existing wasn't enough. So we did look for meaning in symbolism. You know, we were very symbolic people and we find a lot of meaning in synchronicities and, you know, animals and things like that, especially the more spiritual you become. So finding purpose in life, I think, gives us something to strive for, gives us something to go on other than just pure survival instinct. Yeah, I think, it. you know, for me, my sense of purpose in life and the meaning that I give to different things helps me feel connected to something outside of me. Something greater. Yeah. And whether it's, you know, and we create meaning, you know, that doesn't, sometimes it's, you know, something we create out of nowhere, creating meaning out of something, you know, I've, we do that all the time. We can say, oh, someone says this and it means that, and that may not be their intention, but it's the meaning we assign to it that either you know, makes us feel good or bad about whatever it is. But that um, meaning that we associate with what we do for people that we love, that's what creates the love in what we're doing. It's the meaning we're putting behind it, right? And so I think it, it's not just with something bigger than us. I think it's also the meaning that we create between each other. Well, and I think also... Um... It also helps you with values and standards in your life on just how you structure your own life when you feel like you have some form of purpose and some sort of um, kind of form of destiny that you need to reach. Although, you know, purpose and destiny, I think, are two different things. But um, I think it makes it to where you 
put a specific intention in, you recognize certain traits about yourself and then develop intentions that help bring out those certain parts of your traits. I think, I mean, I probably should have brought this up earlier, but these are all symptoms of, of finding a purpose or having a purpose now, but what began us needing a purpose? Why, why do we need a purpose? And I think that has a lot to do with, like you said earlier, evolution and um, evolving past a certain point. Um, so I think that would be moving out of uh, fight or flight. You know, suddenly we have too much time on our hands. We've become comfortable. So a purpose is almost a consequence of safety. Um, we're, we're no longer feeling in danger, so we can explore greater avenues of thought. Otherwise, we just perish. Well, and I think humans just have to naturally have a sense of meaning behind things. I mean, how many people do you know that feel like um, becoming a parent kind of made them into a higher purpose for themselves? How many people had a lot of depression before having children? And although, you know, they might not feel like they're fulfilled being a parent, um, there's still a certain level of joy that comes from being a parent for a lot of people. And a lot of times people do fall into depression after a period of time if they don't feel like they have a purpose. I mean, you find this a lot in the elderly community where their family has moved on and they're just there alone. They have nothing to take care of anymore. And I think that has a little bit to do with purpose as well, because you don't you don't have things to work towards anymore. You're at that final completion of your life. I think biological imperatives are the last connection that we have to um, a, a, a more primitive purpose, um, being driven for the social demands of the species and success of the species or staying alive again is still more of a primal instinct um and yeah uh, i think that's probably one of the most basic forms of finding purpose uh not i'm not negating the powerful effects that it has uh, obviously they can be uh, enormously profound um, but if you eliminate those from uh, from the equation, then we find, you know, more uh, far more abstract ideas, and I think that's kind of something that we're venturing towards in in these upcoming generations. Is uh, you know maybe we have uh, a a time limit um, for our current civilization or, uh, you know, a, um, a, a limit for procreating even um, for an overpopulated planet as far as, you know, resources. But I, I think we'll transcend with, with ideas and to combat that. But there's going to be a period there where, you know, um, procreation is no longer... Uh, a motivating factor to finding purpose. 
Yeah, especially with the younger generations choosing not to have children, making the conscious choice not to have children. And kind of going back to what Kelly said about the elderly, how they can tend to lose their sense of purpose, especially once they hit retirement, because a lot of people have a sense of purpose in their career, their work that they do, uh, their service to others, whatever that might be. So once that ends, they may fall into a depression or feel like their their purpose has been taken away from them. And I think that's kind of a side effect of just the culture that we live in with how we treat the elderly as well. They don't really have the same role in society as maybe they used to many generations ago. But I, I heard something really interesting about the newer generations, about how they're not really interested in like labor and trade jobs. Sure. So I wonder, you know, you were talking about the, the newer generations maybe kind of evolving to a different yeah. purpose. I wonder, I wonder what that's going to look like for them. Well, in labor and trade jobs, like part of that comes from the World War II days, right? Where as we had a, as Americans anyway, like a collective purpose and that that's everyone rallied behind, okay, we're in this war, we need to, you know, accomplish all of these tasks to help support the war effort, the war is over, okay, we have to rebuild our country and our economy and this is how, you know, we do this and so there was like a driving force, I think a lot of that was the collective purpose, and that's that's evident even in uh, the the birth rates as well. We yep. get the baby boomer generation, which we find now is is coming to, you know, slowly coming to a close. You know, uh, most of that that time frame for that generation is is running out. Um, and we have this whole thing where our communities are smaller now, right? It used to be, you know, even churches were bigger and families were bigger and, you know, schools were bigger and like all these different things. And now we're going very much into more of an individualistic culture. And so that would probably be why, you know, a lot of that is, is narrowing down because our, we aren't finding as much purpose in those communities that we used to feel purpose and supporting. We're finding more purpose in our own personal journeys. But are we though? Because, you know, you see very much in this culture, like we are very divided, we are very separated, but I think humans in general are naturally tribal people. And I think a lot of mental illnesses that develop and depression that develops has a lot to do with the fact that we aren't community-based anymore. I mean, how many people just feel isolated and alone, especially during COVID times, you see how much that really psychologically affected people on not being able to have interactions and be around people. So, I mean, is it really just because of the fact that, you know, our culture is changing and everybody's becoming very individual or is it really just we're losing touch with one another and that we're just not having a sense of community and a sense of purpose with being a part of a community? Well, I think what I was trying to go to say was like we're, I think that there's still communities, they're just more intimate. Like we have, it used to be, yes, I need to go and do this job because it's for the good of the country, right? That's massive, right? And then you come back and say, 
well, you know what? I need this job now because it's best for my family. Like, I think it's just there's definitely a shift with a lot of people. They're like, I want to have more free time. So I want to have, you know, a remote working job or something like that because it gives me more flexibility to travel, to go, you know, connect with people in different parts of the world, to discover, you know, more time with the people that I love doing the things that I love. And it's not so much out of some moral obligation to like the economy or the country or something like that. I agree. Um, I agree with that mindset. And it is very apparent after COVID on how much people are letting go of like corporate mindsets and like really just slaving away to the nine to five. I think a lot of people are shifting out into more family family values or what makes them happy and pursuing more of like their purpose, especially here in Sedona. Like I see a lot of people coming in that are just like, yeah, we're just exploring around. We've been traveling nonstop mm-hmm. for the last year and we're just working remotely and living life. You find a lot of people are shifting out of consciousness. It's very fascinating. Yeah, you know, COVID was, you know, uh, and lockdown was uh, a horrible thing for for the world. You know, that's one of the the largest psychological operations that's ever been performed on humanity. Um, and I mean, we could go super deep into that. But my point being said, I wouldn't be here uh, doing this podcast right now if it wasn't for that um that kind of crucible um, forging process during COVID. Um, It allowed certain opportunities to present themselves and, you know, really made me um, stop and contemplate uh, my options and uh, open up avenues to pursue that I didn't see as plausible before that. And um, so I, I have to give thanks to that process as difficult as it may have been. Um, I'm grateful for it because I'm in a completely different place now than I was anywhere close to that time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like COVID and the lockdowns really did shift a lot of things for a lot of people. The collective psyche, I feel like, shifted with our priorities, what's important. Um, some people felt their purpose was taken away when either they were furloughed from work or lost their jobs or they couldn't see their family. Uh, a lot of people's purpose is tied into their family or even religion. You know, you know, some people were really upset they couldn't go to church and that's a, a big oh, totally. driven yeah. um, part of many people's lives. So, so in some ways it did make people really sit back and wonder what is really important? Do I want to just spend most of my life? What is it like a third of your life working until you die? And then you become probably more not become then you feel useless to society because you're no longer quote unquote contributing. (laughs) Do we contributing member? Exactly. Why? Is, what are we the purpose? Yeah, what are we really getting back? Are we seeing? Because there's stigma in doing nothing. And I, people I, perceive as nothing. I guess. At, at what point do we bring in you know institutions uh, that 
create uh, a sense of purpose for people, like organized religion or uh, community efforts or uh, relief programs, um, humanitarian outreach. You know, those those are all potentially positive uh, avenues, but. At what point are those uh, even thought of, even necessary? And how, how do we go from not having those institutions to, uh, you know, their their inception um, due to uh, a larger uh, calling for uh, more than just the self, you know, the self-identity, the self-purpose, and and to get enough people with a single-minded version or vision. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, how, where does that enter? I mean, we, we're all kind of born into a world where we have all these things that were already conceived of and are in place. Um, so I think we just naturally have a disconnect between um, you know, between our finding our real purpose and and those institutional purposes that have already been thought of or or presented to us or born into. That may be too broad of a question. <laughs> no, I I think they serve their purpose as long as they're not um as long as nothing like that is forced upon someone like it should be your choice to join a religion or to join a charity, you know, to give back, things like that. Um and they do give a lot of people f- purpose. For the most part, I think they're positive in most people's lives. I mean, there's obviously abuse of power in any of those sort of things. But, sure. Um but I think Kelly mentioned, you know, we are tribal people. Yeah. And I agree, but there's, what, 8 billion of us? Mm-hmm. And individualism is heavily pushed, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Like an us versus them sort of mentality is very heavily pushed. Um, so, yes, we do have our own little tribes that we try to focus on because we maybe otherize people or... You know, tribalism served its purpose, I feel like, when we were, when our ancestors, you know, were first coming up because it was a sense of safety, right? Safety in numbers to, you know, being a a, a bigger group together because you could, you know, keep watch while one person sleeps or things like that. And I think Matt also mentioned finding a sense of purpose is kind of a reflection of, of our sense of safety, yeah. that we've found a sense of safety as a human race, so now we can finally relax we begin, and focus on purpose. Yeah, begin to explore outside of yourself, your exactly. your immediate needs. Exactly. As purposeful. Good question. Well, and I think also um, when it comes down to purpose, I mean, it's all about just finding what you're passionate about and being able to put your life into alignment of those passions because you're going to be passionate about things that are in alignment for you. And so um, I think whenever I think of purpose, it's more so just like what type of job can you work where you are passionate about it? And does it have to be a job? Does it, Can it be a hobby? Can it be whatever? And just put your effort towards that if it gives you joy. 
then you should always embrace that and always align your life with just bringing in the most joy as possible. Because how many of us hold on to jobs that are no longer serving our mental health anymore and we're just doing it for the money? Um, I get a lot of clients in that talk about that where they're just like, I hate my job. I wish I could quit, but I have so many like finances to take care of. And I'm afraid to like move on to this because of that. And that they're struggling with this sense of purpose right now and just finding joy in that. Um, and they want to pursue other areas. So what are the steps that you could take to bring in something that's more in alignment with your own setup? Purpose. That brings up an, another question um, that I think we're finding more of as we become more uh, individualistic is how much is our purpose defined by our place fulfilling a need or you know, a, a job or whatnot, um, and there being a necessity there as opposed to how we innately feel our purpose is a part of destiny or does destiny determine purpose or vice versa? Clients sometimes is like, I got to the point where I had to separate my my job, my sense of, you know, where I got my income, like when you're in that transition period, you know, if you're called to be a practitioner, you know, or a healer, right? There's different ways you can do that while you're still in corporate work. We've talked about that before. But if you are um, needing to see your job as your purpose, does it have to be, it used to be a huge part of my identity, my purpose, this is what I do, I'm good at this, that's part of my identity, this is, you know, all of those things. And finally, I had to, you know, get to that point where I was like, well, this is my job, this is how I pay my bills, this is where I come and see my friends, this is something I enjoy doing, but this may not be my purpose, hmm. right? That it doesn't have to be. And I think that that's a societal construct that we have is that, no, you know, and that's how we get people to continue working is to say, no, this is mm -hmm. it. You know, don't you want to be seen as a lawyer? Like lawyers are this, you know, and they're, they're successful. What can you do for your country? whatever job she says which is usually a police a policewoman a Sedona policewoman <laughs> that's what she wants to be the most you cannot fight a criminal please run please just run <laughs> but you know she just has it's because of her perception of them from the cartoons that she watches, right. superheroes, right? That policemen are the superheroes of, of the real world. So, so we have these ideas and it's like taking that step back and saying, I think that was something that served a lot of people during COVID is to say, okay, this is, this was my identity. Therefore it was my purpose. And now I'm saying, wait, Maybe I have a purpose outside of this job, mm. Yeah, you know, and you can still keep the job. 
it's like your 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 mindset around the job is a choice to a certain extent too right there's also saying okay everything's saying get the hell out right like that's a whole different thing but you could say okay this is how i make my money i see how this serves me this making this amount of money allows me the free time and the finances to go pursue something i find joy in right and there can be that transition period of that for sure yeah, that's you brought up a really interesting point that we ask children from very early on what they want to be when they grow up. It's pretty important question. I always hated that question. Yeah, totally ludicrous. I never knew. Absolutely ludicrous. I still don't know. <laughs> but but I never I never tied it to a because question because it's like what I do for money. I don't know. Like, what what answer can I tell you that will make you not ask me or talk to me anymore? <laughs> That's the answer. I'll give and, you. and then, and then, as you get older, just fall into the trap. You know, or something sexy. <laughs> so I've heard. If I or have too much mental illness. Mm-hmm. And that not want to get a doctorate in history in order to do that. So 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 that is actually a really great way to to kind of when you're first starting out, if this feels really overwhelming, is to ask yourself the question, if my life was ideal, what would it look like? And then really follow that all the way and not just like what kind of car you drive, where you live. Yeah, you not get superficial real yeah, quick. Yeah, try to get deep with Going to the yeah, feel good. Bring you joy. What did you used to like when you were young? What you joy when you were young? Mud pies. Things change. Nope. Uh, <laughs> I'm just not the boss of anything. I have a four year old who reminds me I'm not at all the boss ever. <laughs> She's passed it down. Yeah. Um, but Rishi, I mean. There was a lot of things I can remember as a kid that brought me a lot of joy that I I think back and like, why did I stop doing that? Like painting, dancing, things like that. But is joy the the defining factor for purpose? Like, where does joy become purpose and where does purpose become destiny? Well, it's a choice. And, and that's what we go in with people say, okay, you know, if you... I want you to a lot a practice I do with clients all the time like that I was taught was take a moment right now and feel exactly the way you want to feel. Find that feeling. What's that feeling you're looking for? Okay, you say, you know, you say, "Oh, I want to, you know, work for myself and have more free time." Okay, but why do you want to why do you want that? How is it that you're wanting to feel? Your your current situation feels constricted, you know, or it feels um overwhelming or something like that. So what are you looking for? And for me it was like, oh, I you know, I want a sense of freedom. I want to feel space. I want to feel openness. Do you look like you know all these things? And I'm like, okay, well. Maybe, but then would you feel the pressure of what do I do with all these resources? I said, you nailed me right there. <laughs> I have resources. Pressure over there, right? The potential. 
Well, that brings up a, a good point. Like, what if, what if you're wrong? Like, what if your feelings don't work? <laughs> so then it's like, okay, that's so where you to is where in your life right now do you feel that feeling? Mm. When is a time in the past that you have felt that feeling, right? And so looking at the things that do or already have triggered that feeling for you and trying to ex- starting small by like expanding those things more in your life now, right? So once you get to the point where like, you know, Kelly, if, if painting is something that brought you joy, well, you know what, maybe I need to spend more time painting. Let me bring this painting in so I can feel this joy. And then after a while, oh, this also brings me joy. This brings me joy. You're like you're amplifying that feeling. And through that feeling, the path to other ways to feel that feeling, like you become, it's that law of attraction thing that comes in, right? But the more you live in that feeling, the more you you experience it, the more you'll invite other things in that give you joy. And in that way, you can kind of meet your destiny, your purpose. Because I, I mean, I can give you an example um, of how that kind of happened to me was when I was working, you know, more of a nine to five, um, I would go home or on the weekends and I would do art and I would spend hours and hours and hours doing art. And I wanted nothing more than to not have to go to my job and just pursue art. Well, during COVID that kind of happened. And what I found was without the external energy and motivation and engaging with other people in a external place, and then that completely stunted everything that I tried to put into my art. And I was absolutely useless. <laughs> you know, it, there was nothing coming through anymore. And I felt no drive, no passion whatsoever. Um, so, yeah, sometimes it's a rude awakening. Um, once you finally get what you think your passion is or your purpose may be. Um, and then, yeah, and so here I am. I still have the art, though, but now now I need to talk to people, too. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like free time wasn't the missing element for you. Because you had all the free time in the world, but yes. that's that's not correct. Having too yes. much money in the bank. exactly same thing. What are you going to do with it now? And yeah, I you need, needed people. I needed people. Yeah, you need the pressure and pressure yourself for sure. Because I think that's the thing when you have too much free time, too much. You know, you you just you have less intention with what you're doing because you're not forced to be intentional. I tell all the time my friends that have very little to do get very little done and my friends that are like over scheduled to the max man they can get stuff done that's fabulous like it's amazing how much they can accomplish and it's just that and being intentional with your time empty empty desk empty mind who was that was that einstein i think it was Einstein. I'm sure it works for some people. I'm sure some people with all the free time in the world, you know, that like they said, oh, in the beginning of COVID, they said, oh, you have two weeks, right? It was two weeks to stop the spread. What are you going to do in two weeks? Are you going to learn a new language? Are you going to, you know, write that screenplay you've always been wanting to? No, I watched a lot of 
know, right? a lot of free time, no purpose. We we collectively just. I missed. We used to Netflix. The <laughs> stock. <laughs> I missed. I missed my friends. I missed my family. I missed my routine. Honestly, and I did kind of miss the pressure to you know, get shit done. Honestly, so I don't know if that means that that was my purpose. I am not saying that my work was my purpose at all. But I'm saying that, yeah, there's there's multiple elements at play. And for some people, yeah, all the time in the world might work for them to get, you know, if their magnum opus done or whatever they need to get done. I mean, I would say I was kind of in that phase where it was like the second it happened, I was bouncing all over the world. So it was like traveling nonstop everywhere all the time. But when it came down to doing anything creative or anything that I feel was like aligned with like my purpose or spiritual self like none of it i couldn't ground, ground. I, couldn't. I couldn't ground it and well i also got really depressed <laughs> so so that'll that'll definitely stop you in your tracks from doing anything purposeful well yeah my one year she was one years old at the time and she didn't want to wake up she didn't want to eat mm-hmm. like you know all the playgrounds were roped off she we, missed her friends yeah she's such a social creature and it was really after a few months you know it was definitely really hard to see your one-year-old like very obviously depressed no matter what we tried to do get outside and do have little yeah this is going to be the the biggest most studied phenomenon from uh, of our lifetimes and beyond i mean uh, scientists and theologians and uh, psychologists are going to be looking at this event forever indefinitely. Um, I think we've yet to even profoundly understand the repercussions. Yeah, we're just barely coming out of it. Um, for me personally, I find a lot of purpose in service of others. And I know that might sound kind of like, you know, religiosity is religious, but that's not what I mean by it. Um, Being of service to others, you know, that could just be within my family, within my friend group. You know, what can I do to help? What can I, what sort of comedic relief can I offer? You know, what sort of listening ear can I offer? You know, that could be very purposeful as well. It could be holding, holding the door for something. It literally could be, yeah. <laughs> I think I yes. <laughs> see, but here's the difference between love language and and acts of service. I think uh, is that everyone benefits to some degree through acts of service. You know, I I don't care who you are, how or what your love language is. Uh, if if you're intentionally doing acts of service, you're you're everything about your being is going to improve uh even if it's a minute degree yeah it's about the intention for me yeah in that in that everybody does benefit when there's a a pure positive intention in the service that i'm providing not just like oh i took the trash out you know you're welcome (laughs) now i feel good about that that's not the kind of service i'm talking about well, where does purpose come from? Is it something that's divinely ordered or is it something we choose? It's a big question. Could be both or neither. <laughs> well, and, you know, and so we can find purpose in things, right? We can create purpose in things for sure. 
But then, you know, how do we move from having a purposeful, meaningful, intentional life to saying, this is my identity. This is who I am, right? What is, what magic? Is it a destiny, like something we do, or is it something we are? And well, and I think this brings up a good question of um, how much of this is being confused with divine calling, right? And mm. do we have to have our divine calling in a part of our purpose in strictly only being in that divine calling, or do we find ways to incorporate it into our daily lives? Do we have to become this guru that, you know, is living this very purposeful divine calling life, or do we just find ways to integrate it into what we've already started establishing? I mean, a lot of people that develop their spiritual selves usually start developing later in life, usually as adults. Um, unless you end up with a divine calling early on, um, it's typically not something that, um, happens early and it's something that just develops as an adult where you then start experimenting and how far do you experiment? Well, I think your divine calling can be within your purpose. Don't you think so? Of course. Yeah. They're not mutually exclusive. Yeah, I think it all just depends on on how you want to see it and and where you want to go with it. You know, you brought up the question earlier, like, is this essential to a spiritual journey? Right. Right. You know, I think it can be in inside or outside of, but it's usually something that is considered. Like we talked about, it's like a high, a high, higher up on the hierarchy, right? You know, of of the human experience is who am I? Why am I here? All these existential things. How am I meant to operate in this world? What is it that I contribute to myself or to others? And um, so I think that that's kind of more of what we're talking about too, with like a divine purpose, a divine calling. I think. Does anyone know what they would, how they would define in this moment what their divine calling or purpose is? I feel like mine's changed constantly over my life. Yeah. So, like, where, what, what purpose are you meant to serve in this moment? How are you doing? Yeah, I think it, it varies. I mean, because you could even go into like the concept of the path of the wounded healer or um, something else. And I know Anna has some knowledge on the path of the wounded healer, but, um, it's very much a part of um, your journey. So it could be something from childhood that you have brought on um, and been able to incorporate into your life. And that became your divine calling because you decided to answer that call and decided to take whatever you experienced and turn it into medicine and be able to use it um, for your purpose. And so there could be many different types of divine callings that come to you and how you incorporate that into your life is dependent on you. I think it's all free will and what you choose to step into. Yeah, and I think you can have a divine calling in multiple aspects of your life, like in personal relationships, you know, this is the divine calling I have for romantic partners of mine. This is my calling to my my child, you know, this is who I'm meant to be for her. This is who I'm meant to be for my partners. This is who I'm meant to be for my mother or my father. You know, this is how I'm meant to 
to be for the clients, the people that I feel maybe we all have this idea too, is that whoever walks into our doors, it's a divinely ordered thing. You know, there's no, no, um, coincidence for that, right? The exact person that walks in and is here to receive exactly what I happen to know, you know, or or have in this moment, the energy that I'm carrying in this moment that we're a match. And that's why we're working together. So I do think that it can vary based on, you know, you have multiple purposes for multiple areas, relationships in your life. So would, would purpose then be uh, so purpose is, can be found through action, whereas a divine calling would be found in the intention behind the action. That Yeah, that could be a way to describe it. Um, personally, I find my purpose, it, it's more broad. Like, uh, like I mentioned earlier, my purpose is to be of service to others. And my divine calling, one of them, because like you mentioned, Priscilla, there's there's many, would be that of um, the wounded healer, like Kelly mentioned, is is to help others through their own healing, um, taking what I've learned through my own journey of healing myself. Yeah. Because as a wounded healer, you know how badly it feels to feed, feel badly, right? Yeah. So you want to pull others out of that suffering, and that is being of service. To others so that's like a, a divine calling within a purpose yeah i don't know anyone who is working and healing that um does has had an easy life by any stretch it's usually when i have people come to me and they're like oh but i really want to be a healer or i really want to do this i'm like well that's your ego so you know newsflash <laughs> and like but are you ready like you, you know you realize this doesn't mean that your life is going to be easier. It means that you're probably going to experience a lot of things so that you are equipped to help other people who are also experienced things. Yeah, when, it kind of just shoves you into the role. Yeah, you can tell when someone's, you know, reluctant. Like, I feel like a lot of us were kind of like, okay, I guess this is what I'm doing. <laughs> Thank you. Know, so we're doing that now. It's <laughs> okay, I guess you know like i feel like a lot of us had this humility this reluctance to to be in this role and that 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 is kind of the difference between people who like i always anytime someone says oh but i (laughs) what is it you want to be batman same thing right Oh, that's yeah. She's yeah. She has. Someone said, "Oh, it's Batgirl," and she was like, "Yeah." <laughs> Good for she already thinks. Yeah, she wants. She wants to be the hero, the hero of she, her own story, she, as Joseph Campbell says. We all do, whether that's to help people or just to, to be. I feel like that's a divine purpose, or <laughs> within. What was the yeah? I was just from Libra, you know, justice scale, all that kind of thing. Yeah, but yeah, so it's it's. I think that it is most healers that I have worked with are people who are like, well, okay, this wasn't my intention to go into healing, but this is very obviously my destiny, and this is what I'm, you know. So instead of it saying, oh, I'm 
this is my purpose, like it's which I feel like is a lot of choice, you know, in purpose. I feel like destiny is where you still have free will, but there's just like a very intense like pull towards a destiny. A destiny goes back to the soul contracts that we talked about, you know, in the previous episode, right? Saying, mm-hmm. okay, well, before I got here, you know, these are the things that I said are meant for me in this lifetime. And these are the things I wanted to accomplish and experience and learn. And that that's more what destiny is. Well, and it's funny. Um, I had a client yesterday that made me crack up because um, she's very much on a spiritual path. And um, she was very much talking about her own destiny, like her own spiritual calling. And uh, she said that, you know, you think like when you're when you have a very specific spiritual calling that you know is a soul contract that you are meant to do, and it's gone. 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 It's Yeah, I think people uh, assume like, oh, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to, I'm going on a spiritual journey, uh, and and they associate spiritual with bliss, and and bliss is essentially ignorance, you know, um, and there is there's no ignorance in the spiritual journey. I, I mean, I, obviously there is ignorance, but there's very Bliss, bliss is hard to come by in this. <laughs> and finding like the path of the wounded healer. So um, I know I keep mentioning that and some people that aren't familiar with it. Anna, are you able to at least kind of go over what it is? You're our definition person. Yeah, um, we can go over the wounded healer. Uh, the wounded healer is a term created by Carl Jung. Um, The idea states that an analyst or a practitioner is compelled to treat patients because the analyst or practitioner himself is wounded. So like we were talking about earlier, you know what it is to suffer and therefore you want to help ease others' suffering. Yeah. Yep. That's what I tell my clients all the time. You know, I'm just a gal here trying to figure it out just like everybody else, right? And I'm here honored like and and humbled to be of service and share what I know in hopes that it helps you, you know, on your journey too. You know, that this is something I've dedicated my life to. It's something that I do feel very called to do. And um yeah, it's also when you the same thing about going into the calling. Like sometimes there's things you just know and you just flow right into it. And sometimes there's that aversion, you know, like you said, when you keep avoiding it, you know, you get these these two by fours. But I've noticed a lot of my my callings have been things that I have felt averse to, whether it was a friendship or a relationship with somebody. Like there's always that first like, I don't know, like, you know, this like anxiety or this idea like in some part of me is like, am I really ready for my life to change? You know, even if it's not on a conscious level, like there's something like my life's going to change. And even things that I have like an irrational fear of, I think we talked about this before too, you know, like, like snorkeling. I, I get in the water and I have so many like 
memories, myriad, all this freedom and this beauty. Like once I get past absolutely crippling anxiety of being <laughs> in the water with other living beings that are faster and have sharper teeth than me, then I then I'm like, oh, okay. Once I can get past that fear, that idea that I have about this, then I can move into the flow and the freedom and and find what I'm looking for. You know, working with the the crystal seeing bowls, I had a major aversion to that. I'm like, oh, they're just so fragile and pretty and expensive and uh, I don't know. And it took me six years to just play one and touch one, (laughs) even though I was exposed to them all the time and receiving sound healing all the time. And once I did, my whole life totally changed within a week. Yeah. You know, it's like some you meet that person. You're like, okay, I don't know. This is there's, you know, definitely a pull to this, but I don't know if this is the right decision and you worry about it. And then at some point, if you give in, then again, your whole life can change. So I think there's part of us that knows there's something in it for us and we can have any kind of emotion about that, either like a hell yeah, let's go or like, I don't know if I'm ready. Well, and I think also it has to do with just stepping into your power too when you are ready. I think that's when you start getting that spiritual two by four where I think spirit's just trying to finally nudge you into that direction and you're kind of kicking and screaming along the way. So it's like life just kind of shifts you into it, whatever it might be. And sometimes it can be like a a death and rebirth that you go through, something that requires you to just go right back to the drawing board and start completely over. A lot of times people have issues with, um, you know, the thought of like things falling out of their life. And, you know, it's always hard to see positive in things when you have things that feel like it's literally falling apart in front of you or just, you know, whatever. And, um, I think once you finally get to that point, you can reanalyze your life and be like, well, down here at the bottom, the only way I can move is up. So what do we do now? And a lot of times those are that spiritual two by four shifting you into something. Well, without that, you know, we wouldn't have that to look back on and and feel a sense of accomplishment or, you know, feel that um, that pride in in what we did go through. It wouldn't have, it wouldn't make an impact in in our life or in our in our memory or our experience uh, if it if it wasn't as profound as that as being, you know, hit by a spiritual two by four. Um, you know, that in itself is kind of uh, maybe a, a point or a marker uh, for tracking what your purpose is or finding your purpose uh, is to find those profound moments uh, because those things that that aren't that profound um, are just like everything else in, in life that you just glaze over, right? Uh, so it's those big impact moments that may help you find those um, those true uh, inspirational points or pivot points in your life to find your true purpose or divine calling. There you go. You were in the contrast. 
to the human experience. Mm-hmm. And that is what you won't appreciate the good if you haven't experienced the bad, mm-hmm. you know, and if you haven't experienced the bad, you wouldn't try to find the good. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I don't, I think I can safely speak for all of us when I say that. I don't think each of us just gently, gracefully floated into the positions that we're all in, in our spiritual paths right now. And mine is still ever-changing, as I'm sure some of yours is as well. I've been hit on the head by the spiritual two-by-four many times. And (laughs) sometimes that's what gets your attention, right? That something needs to change or, you know, you need to pivot. Um, But that can also be a sign that it's time to find your purpose, right? If you're feeling anxious or depressed or have that existential dread, um, sometimes maybe that's not necessarily a spiritual two by four, but it's it's signs that it's time to find some meaning in life. Like the way that the path that you've gone so far has only gotten you so far and it, now it's time to find some real purpose. But in the end, it's just a call for more. It's yeah. a call for something different, you know? So it's, and we, we all grow, the idea is, is that most of us grow and change and it just keeps going and going. And the rate of that, how often that happens really varies on, I think, the person's destiny. And it's also your soul and your mind's willingness to keep going forward. I think, you know, there are people who have a much gentler path in life. And those sometimes tend to be people who aren't constantly seeking. Therefore, they aren't, um, having as many experiences i think when you start asking those questions that you're inviting the experiences in life to teach you the the answers to the questions that you're asking so i think if you just are someone who's naturally curious and naturally going deeper and deeper into things you know if you're an archaeologist and you find the answer to that one question in your doctoral thesis and you never ask another question again you're never going on another dig you're never writing another paper right you could easily sit back and spend the rest of your life being interviewed and talked to and writing stories about what you already did but it's push to ask another question to find out something more what more is there that that keeps moving you up and out that reminds me of um Hitchhiker's Guide for the Galaxy. They, you know, spend a, a millennia or whatever building a supercomputer to calculate the meaning of life. And it's 42, yeah. So, and then you have to work backwards from that. You didn't do the work, right? You just asked a question. <laughs> Hyper nerd. Yeah, maybe the purpose of life is just to embrace the absurdity it's of life. What is the meaning of life, the universe, and everything? That's the line. Hmm. 42. Yeah. And time is an found- illusion. Lunchtime does. <laughs> you can be simple. It doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah. You don't need to have these things i know sometimes i get people that say you know i don't feel like i have a whole lot of like purpose or destiny and it's like well everybody has their own purpose should they choose to want to have a purpose but um doesn't make it bad if it's not something big and profound yeah i mean we we we're all talking about these huge existential crisis type (laughs) events um but you know if we 
boil it down to the statistics, uh, we're st- we're still in a three dimensional body, and and statistically, people who uh, have that do work with their hands or do, uh, you know, something in nature and, and, you know, like farming or cultivating, uh, tend to be the happier people, uh, and who have found purpose in that. Um, so yeah, maybe we're moving out of that as a civilization, uh, in the collective consciousness, but that doesn't mean that we can't fall back into that to find a greater purpose. And that's definitely, you know, that like one of my uncles, he worked at a paper mill his entire career. He's, you know, he he jokes that they were so poor that they used to take broken down tires and roll them up and down the dirt driveway so people thought they had a car. What's the character? It's amazing. But that's, you know, he worked his whole career at a paper. He put four kids through college, paid for them to go to college, you know, working at that paper mill. He has, now they have really high-end, you know, uh, high-end, high, high you know, lives and multiple homes. All of his kids have, and all their grandkids are graduating with honors from all their colleges, you know. And it's just this whole web that comes from someone you know, really focusing and dedicating themselves to being an amazing father and provider, right? That's Mm -hmm. that there's, we need all of those things. We need people to ground things. We need people to build rockets. That that there's no, no one that's better than the other at all is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Purpose looks different for everybody. Um, And like Kelly said, yeah, maybe your purpose is just to be here. Yeah. Because you never know, you know, you're, there's only one person like you. There's only you that knows all of the knowledge in your head. Nobody else can know that. And and that can really impact somebody's life. And even if it doesn't, you know. Well, you may never know. You may never know that. You may never okay. know the impact that you have on someone else. Yeah. Um, and that's something that we all have to, that we, that we all have to swallow. <laughs> you know, we may never know. Huh. Yeah. people. One of the reasons we're doing this particular topic is because this is a question I get a lot of people that come in for it, particularly, you know, people are, I have a friend who calls them seekers, right? The people that come to Sedona and, and seek out spiritual work are people who are, are usually at some kind of change point in their life, some transition. And a lot of people come in, particularly if they're coming in for, you know, a sacred journey or hypnotherapy or regression session, it's like, you know, what is my purpose? I feel like I'm finishing one journey. I'm getting ready to move into another. What is my purpose? What What am I here for? I just want to know. I just want to know. And and we go into the session, what I call sacred journey sessions, you know, and and while they're under hypnosis, the super connected space with their higher selves, with the, the subconscious, with the things that are bigger than us, right? What comes through every single time, I don't care if they're 22 years old, I've had 70-year-olds get the same message, like everyone at all, whether they were high-powered corporate beings or just a student out of college, it's always the technically most annoying answer for them in that moment. It's like, 
the purpose, your your destiny, your purpose is just. That's not more frustrating. And so I'll I'm I get it and I niggle and I'm like, well, what about you know? <laughs> but that's always what it is, and it's you nailed it. It's just it's about they keep they always get that message. This you are your energy was called here to earth at this time that there are so many things going on that are unseen you know in the unseen world and your purpose is just to be the most you that you can be whatever that you is you know if you are innately a warm-hearted person that makes people feel comfortable and happy and that be all that that you can be and that that's all you have to do they say every time no job no actual physical accomplishment will ever trump just be who you are. So. And, and that that shows up, you know, uh, uniformly through most um, dogmatic uh, religions or, or, you know, purpose-driven, purpose-built um, constructs is that uh, the unifying uh, meaning is to surrender and uh, surrendering shows up differently uh, for each individual and so whether that's surrendering control of you know uh, in any form or surrendering surrendering to your purpose to just be yourself um, so I find that that word to be powerful because it it distinct distinctly is is unique to each person for um, how profound uh, it it is for them in what aspect. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to integrating sacred wisdom today and we'll have some more information about these topics in our show notes as well as links to all of our professional profiles and websites so you can reach out to us if there's anything that you need feel free to post us some questions or send us anything about topics that you'd be interested in listening to and learning more about and thank you so much bye-bye bye peace All of the information shared on this podcast is for educational purposes only, based on personal experience. It is not intended to diagnose, treat, or cure any form of mental or physical illness. Please consult a medical professional before using any advice given during this podcast. Thank you, and blessed be.